Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. All right, we made it through the weekend. Last Friday, we were broadcasting from Chase Field uh, with my cell phone. And uh, that the reason I'm talking about this, because the person's in the studio with me that we're going to talk to later, we're going to talk just a bit about uh, how things have changed in this industry. But it was awesome. And the reason it was awesome was because of the people that were there, Billy Thrall and Elisa Keaton joining me for the hour as we were basically watching everybody else work, uh, getting set up for Hope Fest, then uh, literally tens of thousands of the most needy in our community served on Saturday by well over 2,000 volunteers. We had uh, we had lunch, uh, we had haircuts, we had dental procedures. There were people getting um, dentures. In fact, one, one uh, gentleman said I haven't uh, I haven't had any teeth for 7 years. 7 years. Got dentures. You know what? He had a big old grin and he said I'm having steak tonight. I'm having steak tonight. Isn't that just awesome? I mean that that is think about that. You know, I I made the comment a year ago on Facebook. I said, you know, you go to the dentist's office and if you're not like the first client in the morning, you're probably going to be waiting a little bit. You get a little frustrated. You, you wait 20 minutes. You're, you're getting a little irritated. Seven years, no teeth. Seven years. There were people in line to get dental Wednesday night all the way to Friday. They started a little early, then Saturday. Medical, there were people that uh, got incredible medical service. Kids were getting um, bicycle helmets. There was bike repair. There was haircuts. There was clothes. People getting uh, housing that didn't even know that they were eligible for housing. And, well, there was nearly 200 service providers at Chase Field, well over 2,000 volunteers serving tens of thousands of the community and valleys most needy. I don't have to tell you that's a, that's a pretty special time. More than once was I brought to tears just hearing some of the stories from some of the prayer kiosks and the joy, the joy of some of the people coming out, getting a haircut. I'm telling you. And I know I talk about this a lot, but it's true. People weeping because they're getting a haircut. They're getting personal treatment. They're getting treated with dignity. They're getting treated with love and they are responding with joy. That's a powerful thing to be a part of. That's a powerful Powerful, powerful thing to be a part of. Now we're going to have a week of hope. We're going to do a uh, all day effort on Thursday. I'm going to call. I'm calling it the Day of Hope. And did you realize with just as little as ten dollars you can impact a life? That's true. And we're going to be talking about that on Thursday. Also, as you know, the CPC Walk for Life was this weekend. The CPC of Greater Phoenix. And I can't be two places at once. So I did my two-and-a-half-mile walk at Chase Field. Now, that's eight laps. And I tried to keep track of it, but my phone didn't do too well in the stadium. It had me walking out past 7th Street and back and whatnot. It was crazy. But uh, 
wonderful opportunities for you to support women in crisis, saving lives. Think about this. Your, your contribution to CPC of Greater Phoenix literally saves lives, bottom line. But I had a great opportunity uh, to walk. My wife, Mary, she went to ASU West for the walk out there. And uh, my co- co-worker and colleague, Dave Herman, and his family, they were at ASU Gamage. Literally hundreds of people walking to raise funds to save lives. But when I say a powerful weekend, I mean a powerful, powerful weekend. Got a great guest in studio today. We're going to have some fun. He's going to poke fun at me, and he's very good at it. And he's very skilled. He's up next on Koinonia. This is KPXQ. This is Quinn and Ian. They talk 1360 KPXQ. Dr. Brent Garrison is in studio with me. And uh, Dr. Garrison, I don't normally bring people on the radio that uh, have a better voice than I do. But, you know, you're just kind of a big deal now. So I have to bring you in at the same time. But I have to admit that I'm a little, I'm kind of surprised I was able to get you scheduled today because, you know, the Boston Marathon was this morning. I didn't realize they had flights that could get you here that fast. Well, Tom, thank you for mentioning that. You know the new show, uh, Flash. I'm the star of that show. And uh, it really doesn't take that long to run from Boston. It's just just kind of a nod and a wink, and there you are. I had to hold it back on the the run to just stay with the other people. Just to keep from from getting disqualified for being too fast. (laughs) Yeah, my age bracket too, Tom. Oh, my. Uh, Do you ever think of the time, you know, college sports or, you know, when you're in high school, does that ever flash in your head now? Tom, just look at my body. I was never an athlete. I was a musician. Mm. Now, my brother literally was in Indiana. He held the 440 race record for Mm. 10 years for high school, and his name was Flash. (laughs) And Tom, uh, he's almost 70, so this dates us. But he wore a uh, flat top with wings hairstyle, if oh you know. Oh, my goodness. You remember I that? Do. Absolutely. And, and he was Flash. Wow. That's hilarious. I didn't know that. That's yeah. a great story. Well, you had filled in for me here a couple of times. And if you go back, you used to be on uh, KFLR a lot. Uh, they would bring you in. You had uh, Bible trivia, if I remember correctly. Well, you're or, cool. On this day. On this day. On this day. Yeah. Yeah. And I used that as Bible trivia then mm-hmm. because, oh. there, you know, there's a lot of different uh, nuggets of truth that you would bring out. And, uh, you know, that's just scratching a little of the surface of how you and I came in contact with each other. But I want you to, for those that haven't heard, didn't maybe hear you when you filled in here on Koinonia, uh, didn't know that you were the uh, uh, president at Southwestern College, didn't know you were, you know, radio background. Give us a little of a background, and then we're going to talk about your book. Well, thanks, Tom. Uh, yeah, born in Gary, Indiana, uh, with the Jackson Five and and Music Man, um, and then uh, we got into Christian higher education. Oh, almost forty years ago now. It's hard to believe. Mm. And was at uh, three different colleges: Laterno University. That's where I started my career in the in the seventies, and then moved over to Moody Bible Institute 
uh, for about 11 years and then came out here in 1995. So that, that time was... at Moody, uh, not only the Bible Institute, but their radio network oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Boy, talk about a who's who from there, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had the privilege of doing some drive time stuff there and, and voiceover. And that's kind of when I got into radio for the first time. So, Tom, we're going back <laughs> 30 plus years. Yeah. Fortunately, I have a smartphone that I can actually <laughs> add the realize. years together. Thanks. Yeah. I've, this, uh, let's see. It will be uh, 36 years this August for me. I mean, can you imagine? No, because you're only about <laughs> right. yeah, let's 32. Let's not lie to the audience. You need to maintain your credibility. Uh, you have had just a, a, a an incredible background. Uh, God has brought you through so many areas uh, that you've had an opportunity to observe and to uh, speak faith. What does he have you doing now? Well, Tom, after, after again, 30-plus years in Christian higher ed, uh, you're, you're president of Southwestern, now Arizona Christian University. And and after 15 years of being there, I said, you know, I don't know that I want to raise money the rest of my life mm-hmm. because that, that becomes most of your job right. for private education. So, uh, And then I was coming up on 60. And I go, man, if you get 60, nobody really wants to look at you at all. And so we, my wife and I got into prayer and really uh, – worked through that whole decision for about a year and not knowing what we were going to do after we left the college. So I uh, tendered my resignation. The chairman of my board uh, said, Brent, you know, you could stay here as long as you want. I said, Dean, I need to hear that. Thanks. But it's time to leave. My shelf life is over as a leader. <laughs> and um, so uh, a couple months into that process, the, some opportunities had come along the way, and they were very interesting. Uh, missions, uh, has always been a passion. And for that Maggie was a focus of Southwestern as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and some people know that my wife Maggie has been the missions uh, coordinator at uh, Palmcroft for, for many years, mm-hmm. and we just love it. Uh, we think it's the work of Christ. So anyway, uh, Dean came back to me, the, the chairman of the board, who was a CEO of a very large company and and uh, my boss for 10 years at the college, and he said, you know, Mac McQuiston is looking for somebody to work with CEOs. Mm. Mac was one of the first employees at Focus on the Family. Uh, way wow. back. Mac was the guy that told uh, Dr. Dobson, he said, Doc, you need you needed to use this new media called video. Yeah. <laughs> because Mac had been working with uh, Billy Graham films uh-huh. and knew about that. And, and the rest is history of Focus on the Family. Sure. So Mac then became vice president of development. And he started running into a lot of uh, high net worth people, CEO types. And that's how the CEO forum started uh, in Focus on the Family with, I think, about 10 CEOs and it became such a success. Today we have over two hundred. Wow. And they're they're executive leaders of medium to large companies. There's a lot of marketplace ministries out there and that's great. But uh, we kind of focus in on the, the top tier folks. And mm-hmm. uh, so Tom, I, I've been ministering to uh, uh, business executives for almost six years now and it has just been an incredible voyage. You're another example and I see them so often here on the program of had no idea, didn't specifically plan for, but God's plan for you was better than you could have picked for yourself. Yeah. I'm sure you've talked to people as in, in the later years of life, you know, Bob Buford's uh, <laughs> halftime, um, and you look back and you go, everything before was preparation for now. Right. And I feel that way. You know, yeah. you have to have a few miles on the old odometer to be able sure. to, to talk to people, uh, right. because typically uh, a man or woman, when they move into an exec position, are a little bit older. Mm-hmm. They've got that experience. And frankly, Tom, the thing that we probably talk about more than anything is is not running the business. They've got that skill set down. It's 
it's integrating your faith mm-hmm. in the marketplace or or family or balance, those types of yeah. issues. And I have to believe, too, that for a lot of men and women in that position, that they've made it, if you will, mm-hmm. business-wise, and they still it's still not all filled in. They're, the joy bucket is still not as full as they thought it was going to be when they got to that point. Yeah, what's the old adage? Uh, you know, you reach the top of the ladder and you realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. Oh, yeah, boy. You know, or what you thought would give you joy and completeness doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing, Tom, that's a, a little bit disconcerting in the Church of Christ, and again, we don't want to be up the church. That's not my point here. It's just that I, I think it's, it's become a product of our environment today that we're, we're pretty much negative on business and people that are successful. And I don't know why this is the case, because frankly, one of the reasons America has become such a a superpower and a a friend to so many nations and has helped so many people in need, be it fighting their battles or helping them with with disasters that happen to their country, because this country is a success. And um, so... You know, I, I don't know about you, Tom, but when I was little, my, my dad was a Wonder Bread salesman for 43 mm-hmm. years, served in the Navy in World War II. And we would drive around in Portage, Indiana, um, and dad would point out nice homes because we lived in a pretty pretty small place. And he says, boys, you get a good education, you work hard, you could accomplish anything. Mm. Well, I think today dads are driving their kids al- around and looking at the nice places and go, that guy... <laughs> shafted somebody to get that house, yeah. or you know, it's just a different mindset. Well, the headlines today. Uh, I think in USA Today today was uh, a bold headline about how much you know, fifteen dollars an hour. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, CEOs make you know nine thousand dollars an hour. As e- trying to say that making money is in itself evil, and they misquote the Bible. Haven't had read the Bible mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. saying that. You know, money is the root of all evil, which is not anywhere near what Christ was trying to portray, the love and uh, unwavering pursuit of mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. is the root of all evil. Uh, that's, a, that's a whole different mindset. Ab- absolutely. I think the other thing that people don't keep in mind is, is people of means. They do buy nice homes. They do ni- buy nice cars and boats and whatever. Who are the people that make those things? These are the yep. highest skilled artisans there are, mm-hmm. very highly paid. Yep. And if you strip that whole layer of these skilled people out of the economy, how do you replace it? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that, just like buying a new car, uh, it's not, you know, Dave Ramsey and everybody. It's like never, ever, 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 ever buy. You know, yeah. Mary and I, we... We've made a conscious decision that we are going to buy a new car uh, because we enjoy it. Uh, it's a little bit of a stretch for it, but it helps the economy. Mm-hmm. It, it, the tax pool here, uh, you know, there's so many things. People you, on the manufacturing line. You've got to have a little bigger view, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I think all of us, and we've gotten into kind of economic theory now, and I'm sure there are people that disagree with this, but... It's not an in-sum game, Tom. Right. That's true. You know, Maggie and I have been privileged to travel to probably 40 countries, and a lot, of them, a lot of impoverished people. I would love for those people to experience the, the comfort of life that we get to here. Mm-hmm. Electricity and indoor plumbing. Right. And, and it's not as though that can't happen for them if we have it. Mm-hmm. They can have it as well. But often their leaders or the economic systems that they live in in that country just keep them from advancing to that level. Right. Uh, we were just in Haiti uh, last year. 
how sad. Yeah, and how, how close is it to America where we have our standard of living mm-hmm. and then you go over there? And when you think about one of the reasons, the millions upon millions upon millions of dollars that uh, <sighs> generous people have yes. given, and it doesn't actually get to the people. Why? Yeah. Because of a few individuals. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. That, that, that's, 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 part of the, that's part of the issue. Integrity, mm-hmm. uh, greatly uh, beneficial, obviously, oh. to employees and a whole business. Uh, your book, Leadership by the Book, Lessons from Every Book of the Bible. I was going to say that you did this just so you wouldn't have to do more than 66 chapters, right? Yeah. That was, <laughs> wanted to keep it, keep it so it was manageable. Uh, actually, I love, as I've already told you uh, before we, we started the program, I love this. And in fact, I, I'm reading Deuteronomy right now, so I immediately just flipped over to uh, that chapter, chapter five uh, or six or somewhere in there, I don't really know the Bible that well, uh, and, and immediately, and I was blessed. Uh, it three minutes reading, and I was immediately blessed and reminded the Bible really is all we need to know knowledge-wise, right, to, to live the life that God has for us. Absolutely, for every area of life. Every area. It speaks to every area. We're going to continue the conversation. Dr. Brent Garrison, Leadership by the Book, Lessons from Every Book of the Bible. He is my in-studio guest. You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ Koinonia. Dr. Brent Garrison is my guest. Leadership by the book, lessons from every book of the Bible. And uh, you've heard a little bit of his background. I wanted, uh, you are a man of education. I'm a high school dropout. How, how is it, you know, this is another example of God. He, he, does, he's, he, he doesn't make sense a lot, right? How, how could someone like me, uh, meet you, and we have been good friends for quite a while. Yeah, in fact, we met and, on campus, didn't and, we? And we've had some some times together that were just precious and for my heart. And mm-hmm. and uh, but God's like that, right? You know, He doesn't. You don't have to just be uh, the same. Uh, oh, no, absolutely. In fact, in fact, having lived in that world for so many years, uh, you really need to be careful. Uh, because Corinthians says knowledge puffeth up, and huh. degrees can really go there. You know, yeah. well, well, where do you go to school, and what degree do you have, and where do you teach, and how many books have you written? And it becomes a, a thumping on the chest game, you know, with one another. And mm-hmm. that's not that's not Bible. Right. <laughs> that's not Christ. Right. So anyway, my, my yeah, but, former uh, boss here, uh, you know, had a doctorate, had a doctorate yeah. and uh, actually did his doctoral thesis in another language. Yes, Spanish, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. that's pretty like, bright guy. I, and I never, you know, he, he didn't kind of walk around saying <laughs> you need to call me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just uh, so mm-hmm. there's just uh, you need to look at people with God's love and grace in His heart. And man, isn't aren't aren't uh, every human being? Don't they each have value? Right. 
Uh, in fact, I, I spoke at a men's retreat this weekend, and we, we talked about this very thing because uh, we had every stripe of human being up at that retreat. And we just had a great time because I started by saying, you know what? I've got a PhD. It stands for piled higher and deeper. Excuse me. <laughs> and and that's really the way yeah. I look at it. It's, it's not about me being different or better. Uh-huh. We're, we're all in Christ. So great, great point there. And and does that lead into leadership? It the, does. The servant mindset that and Christ it's, had. It's especially, um, you know, how he led yeah. uh, in so many ways. What, what? Why did you write this book? What? What? What brought this about? I had nothing better to do, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I know better. Than I that. ran out of coffee, and uh, <laughs> hey, there's a typewriter. No, a couple years ago, um, as I as I started the the work with CEO Forum, I I thought, well, I've got a background in, in teaching Bible and theology and the like, and and I, I imagine a lot of our guys don't really have that much training, formal training in mm-hmm. Bible, and probably they haven't heard too many sermons about biblical leadership. I mean, think back right. to the sermons you've heard in the last couple of years. Yeah, Probably I haven't heard any on biblical no. leadership. So I thought to myself, man, let's give them a little snippet. And so I started in Genesis. Well, naturally, the story that I pick there is one of my favorites and probably many people that are listening, the story of Joseph, yeah. starting in the 37th chapter to the end of the book. Um, I mean, he's a leader's leader. And, and the thing I love about Joseph is he is a type of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> he had this this assignment of God, the dream that was given to him about, you know, his brothers bowing down. But then along the way, there was a lot of trials and tribulations, being sold into slavery, Potiphar's wife lying, being forgotten in prison, and on and on and on. Um, And that's leadership, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, being a leader is not uh, a gravy train. It's filled with difficult challenges. And frankly, when I came out here about 20 years ago uh, to be president of Southwestern, within the first month... Wall Street Journal had a front-page article about the largest Ponzi scheme in American history, New Era. 200 ministries were caught in this vortex. And the college was literally going down because, you know, banks wouldn't return your call. Right. And and that was really, Tom, in my leadership um, uh, years, that was really the greatest um, challenge that I faced. Yeah. But it was, it was a tipping point for me personally. So I think of Joseph. Wow, well, and I, you know, and, and uh, do you think Joseph had an evening or two <laughs> where he said, "I thought I was called to greatness. Uh, yeah. This is not feeling like greatness here." Does that remind you of King David hiding in a cave, yeah. uh, having been anointed king already and be chased by uh, an evil despot? Yeah, and he's going, "What in the world, Lord?" Sometimes when when the gospel is shared in. Uh, Sometimes that it's it's the end all fix all, and I I don't see it that way. No. No. I haven't experienced it that way personally, but I can't think of how I would exist or even make it. How I get my feet on the ground in the morning without it? Yeah, yeah. Well, James counted all joy when you fall into various trials, tests. I mean that that is our Christian walk. In fact, Paul writes about it uh, rejoicing in that he suffered for the cause of Christ because he understood that's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. You, that's part of the deal you sign up for when you, when you accept Christ as your Savior. We're so countercultural to the world. Why, why wouldn't we expect it to have some, some problems? going to be some friction, yeah. right? There's going to be Big a little time. friction. Big time. Uh, was there any in here that you had to go looking for, didn't already have it in your... <laughs> Good question. Uh, and we didn't talk about this, but, but I, I opened the... The Song of Solomon with 
I forgot when I started this project, Song of Solomon's in the Bible. Now, what leadership <laughs> thing am I going to write about there? So if you do get the book, it's simple. It's, it's loving uh, your spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful poem about love. Now, his love was one that was really convoluted because he had concubines and many wives and everything else. But the point is... God does ask us to love our spouse mm-hmm. in a very, very unique way. Um, so in that, our culture, that was a tough in one. our culture now, one of the greatest things you can do as a leader is love your spouse, is yeah. raise your children with respect and dignity, is to demonstrate that it doesn't have to be the seven and you're out, or the mm-hmm. now, unfortunately, the two and you're out. You know, the quick fix. Of course, obviously, the leaders, they're probably not in that, that place in their life. But there's, you know, the other number is when the kids are gone, mm-hmm. that's another uh, area of divorce rate that's just incredibly high. Uh, you can really demonstrate. And, you know, uh, my boss now, his parents just celebrated a 50 year wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. You know how much joy that brings oh, me? Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, I love weddings. I love weddings because I take what is said before God serious. But that's just the start of the relationship, the day you get married. Maggie and I just celebrated 41 last December. And uh, I've thought about this, Tom. I I sit at our our kids and grandkids come over our house Sunday afternoons. And I sit at the end like the matriarch, you know, uh, patriarch. And I look at the kids and the grandkids and I go, thank you, Father, mm. for allowing Maggie and I to stay together all these years. Because yeah. any marriage has yeah, difficulty. I think the other thing along that line of love and relationships is is the lie that we've been told, Tom, that your private life doesn't affect your pu- public life. Now, where did that come from? If you've got problems in your marriage and you've got problems at home with your kids, it co- comes to work with you the next day, buddy. It it's funny this because this is one of my particular uh, pet peeves, and uh, I always pray for the president of the United States, regardless of who it is. But when Bill Clinton <laughs> and the Democratic Party made the case that they made, yeah. if you track, our country changed at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and not because that was such a horrific thing. or so, No, it was, it's, it's a basic in principle of integrity and what you just said. Yeah. It all matters. Yeah. Character matters. And you know, Tom, to, to just talk about my years in higher ed, um, again, 32 years with college kids. You, you got a little bit of experience with them. You kind of see the new crop coming in every year, how they change mm-hmm. or how they remain the same. Right. There was a market change there during his presidency. Yeah. Because here's the highest position in the land. In fact, the most powerful man in the world saying, I did not have sex with that girl. Mm-hmm. And really being very flippant about right. it. Right. And it opened the floodgates for our our evil nature, yeah. which goes in that direction anyway, to just be, you know, run rampant. Yeah. I, 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 you can mark it. Yep. You know, you can mark at that, that point. And that demonstrates how important it is to be a good leader in your company, in mm-hmm. your family, in your church, whatever it is. As men, and I'm speaking to men and not all it's not all men as CEOs of companies oh, no. oh, by no. any stretch of the imagination. No. And I'm not one of these guys saying, oh, well, God, only guys can lead. That's so not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as men in the family, we are called to be leaders. And, and I, I imagine our listeners are thinking to themselves, don't we need leadership today? 
yeah. around the world, yeah. not just in the U.S. Mm-hmm. There's, it's like there's a, a void of common sense and people of strong moral character. Um, so, again, it, it just resonates with our hearts. Leadership is job one. Brent Garrison, the book, Leadership by the Book, Lessons from Every Book of the Bible. Uh, I talked about you had to go search for some. What are some where you couldn't pick the favorite or had a hard time picking which one you wanted to it's only one per chapter. Mm-hmm. Well, again, uh, just this morning, I'm reading, I just finished Second Corinthians. I did not pick this passage to write about, but it's, it's chapter 11 uh, and 12. And uh, again, the readers, grab your Bible, kind of read through that. But it's, it's Paul writing about the turmoil that he's faced as an apostle. Um, <laughs> five times I received... Uh, 40 lashes, three times beaten with rods, stoned three times, shipwrecked, on and on and on. (laughs) Now, Paul's thinking back, hmm, things were a little bit easier before (laughs) the road to Damascus. Right, when I was all of that. Yeah, and he was a leader before that. I used to hold the jacket, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I was a main man (laughs) uh, spiritually. But then, but then in the 12th chapters, he says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we don't know what that is. That's right. not important. He never talks about it. But God knew Paul's heart. And I think this is a leader's heart, too. Because of power, influence, and, yes, possessions, it, will, it could very easily move you to mm-hmm. becoming prideful. Yeah. And uh, there are times when I feel like a fraud, you know, as, you know because... I know my inner man. I know all mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. But I know that God restores, and he also gives grace. And I need to be demonstrating that in everything that I do. And if God chooses to put me in a position of leadership specifically, mm-hmm. great. I'm now prepared for it. Or if it's just in general, just being out in pub for me, you know, a radio guy, Sometimes it's just a matter of being out in public. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, not, it's not anything more grand than that. And all of us have a leadership role. All of us, not just CEOs. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Leadership by the book. Lessons from every book of the Bible. Dr. Brent Garrison is my guest. And we've got another segment to talk about and uh, converse with. You know, com- Koinonia, we were created to commune one with another. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were created... Uh, for a relationship with God, and that's how you started off your book. And that's, I, I was so drawn to that because that's the essence, I think, of what I'm called to do here with this radio program. Basically, I just put a megaphone in front of people that God's called with a plan and a purpose. It's kind of an easy job. We're going to continue that. You're listening to KPXQ. So I'm thinking during the break here, as uh, Dr. Garrison and I are chatting, you want the clock to just fly by, spend time with good friends. Yeah. Because we're, it's just, <laughs> it's it's just going by <laughs> yeah. uh, quite a yeah. bit. Uh, you've had lots of conversation. You had a book signing, what was it, last Tuesday? Yeah, Elevate uh, Coffee over and there And that's in kind of fun, right? Yeah, you know, there's yeah. things that you get to do because of this, yep. right, Yep. that you would never ever get an opportunity to meet some people and fellowship with people, but uh, after you've gotten done, and I've heard this from pastors and uh, 
other people that teach, sometimes um, I needed the message. What was the what was the Ooh. chapter in in as you're going through this? What was what was your chapter? Man, that is a good question. I haven't had that one, Tom. You're surprising me See, today. I'm working hard. I mean, really, I I've got to think about that one a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, I brought I brought kind of a list of all the um, all the topics here. Um, this sticks out. It, it's Isaiah. Mm. Uh, we we all know that passage. I think you know. I, I saw God in His temple, high and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy. The seraph were were singing forth God's praise, and and I, I called that, ty- that that book um, chapter CEO of the universe. Mm. And um, I think a problem that a lot of leaders have, again, goes back to pride. You know, I am pretty good. God's pretty lucky to have me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that is part of leadership. Yeah. You know, all of us struggle with it. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is we also, also, uh, also sometimes struggle with self-abasement, you know, yeah. negative view of ourselves. But more often, it's the other side of the well, continuum. Well, e- there has to be a certain amount of ego to just absolutely fall flat on your face, get right back yes. up, go... Yeah, I meant to do that. Yeah, and I'm good. Know, whatever. I'm good. You didn't, <laughs> yeah. That didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. So so keeping God God in perspective is just absolutely crucial. And uh, I think, again, that's uh, James 1. Uh, the Word of God is, is a mirror, and it shows us what we're really like. And we can forget that we're kind of changing and moving inward toward pride mm-hmm. or say, no, i got to focus back on God again. Yeah. This is all about Him. This is all about Him. That's why I exist. So... Again, Isaiah, CEO of the universe. I, I'm not impressed with CEOs, but the CEO of the universe I am. I was off the air for seven years here, and I thought as a young kid, and even when I started in radio, that was what I was called to do was be on the radio. And uh, I was in a period of tent making, is, uh, to put it. Uh, <laughs> what did you do? To, well, I was the engineer, so I didn't, oh, that's right. I didn't do anything on the, I did. I was, and it's kind of like being in where you're called to be and not being able to serve in what you thought you were called to do. Uh, I prayed and prayed. I, I, God, let me go somewhere else. I mean, you know, let me be on. You know, let me do this. Let me do ministry. And it just—I never had the release. Well, had I done that, had I just run off, I wouldn't have the chance to get to set here today and do what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. Just shy of five years ago, uh, I wasn't doing this job. I was the station engineer, yeah. and uh, I yeah. wasn't that great at it. You know, I, I don't know why they kept me around, but they did. Uh, but I have a chance to do this. But when I was asked to be back on the air, I immediately panicked. And here was the panic. Mm, why? Because, you know, there were times uh, that Tom Brown had his own T-shirts and his own billboards and his own this and that. And Tom was pretty, you know, pretty sure that he was all that. Pretty special guy. And I, I told several people in my uh, core group, I said, the second you see me acting like this has anything to do with me, just bring it and bring it hard. Because bottom line, all of this is just about a way to show and encourage other people by what God's done in their lives. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I, I I know the Radio 101 stuff. I God's blessed me with a, a pretty decent voice. And, and things of this nature... And I can be me on the radio. I, that's that's pretty much it. But the second I think that I have something to do ultimately with mm-hmm. the success or failure even, mm-hmm. because it, the pendulum swings both sides of that, that plumb line, then I'm in trouble. 
Well, in John 15 would be a great place to go to for this one, Tom. Uh, you know, the, the, the metaphor of the, the vine and the branch. And you can do nothing without being associated with God. Yeah, you can accomplish things. Mm-hmm. You can have a position of power and influence. But eternal, lasting, powerful influence is, is, is through God. I think the other one, to go along with that question, answer that question you ask, uh, which one was, was most uh, powerful for me, is just, a, again, another reminder from Ephesians chapter 2. And again, our listeners, if they, if they haven't marked this passage, please get your Bible and mark Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Because that, that, that passage says, we were all following the prince of the power of the air, and by nature, children of wrath and disobedience. And the point is, as a, as a believing leader, as a Christian leader in the marketplace, you're going to be around a lot of people that are not believers. And you need to remember but by the grace of God, there go you. Amen. And don't be frustrated Amen. by their sin. And that's their natural right. propensity. And I hear so many Christians get upset with the world. Oh, right. everything's going to heck in a handbasket. Yeah. Well, doggone it. They don't know Christ. Dr. And Del- even Christians, I know, don't really act that Dr. way. Dr. Del Tackett, I think, said it best for me. You have to remember, they've got blinders on. Yeah, exactly. They don't know the truth. How can they, exactly. how can they walk out the truth that they don't even know the truth? So we we are going. We should be exemplifying that. And again, Paul writes to the church at Corinth in the second uh, book there, Second uh, Corinthians three. Be living letters known and read of men. I love that passage. They may never read a Bible, but they're reading your life, your words, your actions, your motives. Uh, and often Christians, <laughs> yeah, we're duplicitous. I've been there, and I and I as I look back, especially on my broadcast career, the the area where I feel God's gifted me. That is where I've had the most uh, pain. Yeah. But realization, you know, new mercies every morning. Why do I have them? Because he knew I would need them. Mm. Amen. Amen. What else do you want to share and make sure that people know about your book? Uh, and I, I do recommend, I, as when you walked in, I said, I can't wait to do this as a, as a men's Bible study. I, I think, it, 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 again, it would be an excellent uh, resource for that type of thing. Uh, there, it's about 300 pages, so there's substance to it, but it's 66 short chapters. Yeah. So in a few minutes, you can read the thought, and every chapter starts with a scriptural passage, and that's what I really wanted to do. Um, not not banging on other uh, uh, leadership books by Christians, but a lot of times there's a couple scriptures kind of salt and peppered salt, through them. Right. You're, you're going to look at hundreds of scriptures in this this book. And then there's going to be some leadership reflections at the end. That uh, and I, as you probably read at the beginning, get a get a journal of some type yeah. and and write in a journal because at the end of 66 little lessons, I, I think you're going to see some stuff that you didn't know before. And I think there's um, the Bible is a living is the living word. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, if you haven't already experienced in your own life, you know, you can read Galatians five thirteen, you know, ten times. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you read Galatians 5.13 and you realize that it's talking to you about your relationships with and, and your influence on others mm-hmm. and needs to be done in love. Yeah. yeah and, and because God will meet you if you will spend time with him and in his word. He will meet you where you're at. How true. How because true. he wants relationships. And that is, like I said, turn to Deuteronomy because I was like, ah, I'm reading Deuteronomy. And I told my wife, literally, when I walked out the door this morning, I said, this is painful to read through this. 
you know, Deuteronomy is just, it's like, oh, it's drudgery. It's hard. I don't want to. Okay, I'm going to put Brent's book to test here. Mm-hmm. And I was blessed immediately and, and with joy of, yeah, every book of the Bible. Every book of the Bible has something for you, mm-hmm. regardless of your position and station in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, that, that, was the, that was kind of the goal of this project, was that, that people would look at the Bible as their main source of leadership training. Mm-hmm. There's great stuff out there, Jim Collins and Patrick Lencioni and all kinds of good stuff. But God designed us a certain way. He understands us like nobody else. And in his word, there's wonderful nuggets of truth that can help us lead well. I think one other thing, if I, if I might, just closing here, uh, the, the, one of the chapters talks about the paradox of our faith. And paradox is two guys with Ph.D. degrees in the same room, right? <laughs> it, it, no, paradox is something as, as upon first glance, it doesn't seem to be true or make sense. Mm. But upon further examination, it is, in fact, true. So years ago when I was introduced with this idea of paradox in our faith, it really helped me. For example, to be a leader, you're a servant. Mm -hmm. To be rich, you're poor. To be wise, you're a fool. And on and on and on. You see that in scriptures. So if you realize that your life in Christ is never going to make sense if you're truly living it authentically, that helps me. It's never going to really fit the world. So um, when, you, when you're fitting into the world and everything seems to be going honky-dory, maybe you need to bump up your, your faith component a little bit more because mm-hmm. uh, we are counter-cultural, aren't we, Tom? Yeah. Uh, our mindset, our worldview is completely different from the world. Yeah. I remember uh, two songs have popped into my head as you've been talking. First was Keith Green, oh, Finding the Branch, right? And yep. the other was about the same time period, DeGarmo and Key, mm-hmm. uh, and, and specifically talking about uh, we're not of this world. Yeah. You know, we just aren't. And we shouldn't be surprised by the headlines, and we shouldn't be surprised when somebody uh, comes against us when we're trying to speak truth. Exactly. It should be expected, even. But, Tom, there's also an incredible power in a life well lived mm-hmm. with authenticity. And for leaders, the, the opportunity to impact employees. And, Think about yeah. it. I mean, how many people get up Sunday morning and go look at one another that don't go to church? Hey, honey, let's go to church today. We need to go. Yeah. Or how many go buy a Bible without somebody living mm-hmm. their faith before them? Give a reason for the hope that's within you. you know? yeah. So leader, what an opportunity. And uh, as, a, as an employee, there's one just last nugget that I'm compelled to share. <laughs> Can you imagine... Uh, a business CEO or, or manager or leader saying, wow, talking to his buddy, I hired a Christian today. I can't tell you how incredible of a employee. This was one of the best finds I've ever had. They are a great employee. You what? You, you go out and do that? Mm-hmm. You want to have an impact? Mm-hmm. If they know that you're a Christian, you should be the very best employee you can possibly Absolutely. be. Absolutely. In yeah. every aspect. Mm-hmm. And at home, at work, at church. That's exactly what we talked about this weekend with the men up at Prescott Pines. Leadership by the book. Lessons from every book of the Bible. Dr. Brent Garrison, my guest. Uh, Where can people go? I know it's on Amazon. Where else can we find it? Uh, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book Distributors. Uh, Some Barnes & Noble have them, uh, but uh, I'm not sure which one. So you got to, but if you're going to go online and find it, you got to write the whole thing out. Leadership by the book. Lessons from every book of the Bible. There's also a Kindle edition. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. And that's... 
Can't mark it up quite as easy, but I have it with me all the time. <laughs> Brett, thanks for coming in. Tom, always a delight, my friend. Wonderful time. All right, you're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.